I've got something very special to announce. Over the last four years now of having the Boostly podcast, I've been doing every single episode. So nearly 500 episodes has just been me, me talking to hosts, me talking to guests all around the industry, whether it's peers or whoever. As this now progresses, are we closing in on episode 500? I want to be able to do more. And unfortunately, my time and what I need to do to grow Boostly means that I can't do more. So what I've done is I've brought on a very, very special co-host of the Boostly podcast. It's somebody that has been part of Team Boostly for many years now. And this person is stepping in to be not only a co-host of the podcast, but he's also becoming a head coach within Boostly itself. There's a series that we started last year. I started last year called Behind the Host. You can go back and look at episode one, which the guest, funny enough, is now the co-host of the podcast. So I'm talking about none other than the amazing Liam Carolan. Liam has got a business called Ginger and Gold, which is based in the UK. It's a management company that does SA apartments and management company for other landlords who want to be able to generate revenue from from short-term rentals. He provides that service, but also as well, over the last couple of years, he's provided so much help and support to other hosts and members of the Boostly community. We've been having discussions for the past couple of weeks, and I offered Liam an opportunity to come into the business. I'm so glad that he took it. And now is his first ever episode. So Liam is going to be taking over the mantle of the behind the host scenes. He's going to be interviewing other hosts from around the world and try and really pick in and delve into the tactics that, that they do to run their business, whether it's marketing or whatever, but also find the tools that they can share with you as well. Today is the first episode that Liam is doing, and he is interviewing the amazing Paul Anderson of Sandfield Guesthouse, who is also a social media uh, hotelier. He's got the at social media hotelier where he helps host with Instagram. Anybody who's run the recent training, you will know how good that is. And this is the first episode. So I hope you like it. I hope you enjoy it. Liam was so nervous doing this and you can tell from the first few minutes of the interview, but I wanted to play it in its entirety. I didn't want to edit anything out because it is so good and it is really amazing to see. And I'm excited to see the progression of Liam over the course of the coming weeks, months and years. Uh, this is the first episode. So please do show him a lot of love in the comments below. Please do go and say hi to Paul as well on Instagram. I'm sure he'll give you all the links. But also as well, make sure you look out for the special book project that we are all working on as well, which is Hospitable Hosts, hospitablehost.com. Uh, go and check out that book project. It's coming out very soon. You can actually join the waiting list right now. So without further ado, let me pass over to the amazing Liam Carolan, part of Team Boostly, owner of Ginger and Gold, and also as well, Paul Anderson, who is a part of Sandfield Guesthouse in Oxford. Enjoy, everybody. One of the biggest problems when it comes to converting a looker into a booker for a direct booking is the trust factor. Whether you like it or not, your guest is looking to make sure that you are who you say you are. So how can you do that? Well, the number one accreditation and recommendation certification service in the industry is IPRAC. And I'm so happy to say that IPRAC is sponsoring this podcast and is the lead sponsor for all Boostly content. The reason why we partnered up is because I have been working alongside IPRAC for many years. I recommend them to every Boostly customer, client, and Team Boostly member. The reason being is that unlike other accreditation services, they are not just country specific. It is global and it is worldwide. 
They've got over 10,000 members and they've got over 250,000 properties, which means that you can display your IPRAC certificate on your website and on your socials and know that you are going to be providing that trust that your future potential guest is looking for. I reached out to IPRAC and I asked them if they've got a special offer for Boostly members. And so if you go to boostly.co.uk forward slash trust, T-R-U-S-T, you will go to a special Boostly landing page where you can book in a call and a demo. And if you sign up, you get a very special exclusive discount that only Boostly members can get. So thank you, IPRAC, for being our sponsor. Thank you to listening to this very short message. I hope that you go and check out IPRAC today. I hope that you go and join them just like hundreds of other Boostly members have done because it will help massively with you increasing your direct bookings. Right, let's get back to the show. To the Behind the Host podcast, um, we've got Paul on today, uh, Paul Anderson, who is the social media hotelier. Um, really excited to have Paul on. He's been a hospitality owner for, for many years, and now he's moved more into the Instagram training. And uh, he's also about to be in an up and coming book with us uh, together uh, called Hospitable Hosts, which we'll talk about as well. So, Paul, how are you doing? Thanks for joining me. Oh, good. Thank you very much for having me on. It's, uh, yeah, it's always nice to talk to other people in the industry, particularly someone who's involved in exactly the same project as a whole bunch of us at the minute. Um, the Hospitable Host, Host book, which is exciting. Um, it's due out on May 16th, 17th, something along those lines. So we're nearly there, nearly there. 100%. May the 16th. And um, yeah, so first of all, Paul, just tell us uh, a little bit about, you know, sort of your business, yourself and uh, how you got started. So I'm, I'm sat right now in, in Sandfield Guesthouse and I moved here in 1986 when I was about eight years old. Um, it was a family home. It needed bunches and bunches of work doing to it. Long story short, I, I came back from living in South America. I came back in 2008, um, took ownership of the building and then turned it into a guest house in 2009. Um, everything was ticking along very, very nicely. And then uh, COVID hit, uh, gave me or forced me to have the space to reflect on what I was doing. And it dawned on me that with the rise of online travel agents, um, TripAdvisor, Booking.com, so on and so forth, that I'd, I'd stopped printing out trifold brochures. I wasn't going around local cafes, attractions, the colleges, the universities, the hospitals, and I wasn't pounding streets. I just wasn't advertising. Um, and so I dialed into social media and Instagram was uh, was something that that I really just gelled with. Really, um, it's it's a very dynamic space where you can be very very creative, and at the same time, there's a there can be a very technical aspect to it. Looking at insights, um, kit, how you put together videos. So there's a technical aspect, cutting videos and that type of thing. But there's also the, the creative side. Um, to give you an idea, my A levels were maths, physics, and economics, and everyone raised an eyebrow when I did art. Um, an art where I was most successful at. So the so the four kind of hung and the same is the case for Instagram. What I then found was that the majority of my followers for the guest house account on Instagram were other accommodation businesses. So guest houses, B&Bs, glamp sites, short-term rentals, people who manage suites of flats and accommodation and, and cottages. And people were starting to ask me questions. How did you do this? Why did you do that? How would you suggest I might do this, that, or the other? Uh, I was then very lucky. I was invited to create some presentations and then present at a couple of summits. And I thought, you know, there might be something in this. If other people can make money out of my knowledge, perhaps I can as well. 
So I, at the end, back end of last year, I set myself up as the social media hotelier, and now I coach hosts um, who are marketing their accommodation on Instagram using organic Instagram marketing strategies, content design, in order to maximize the brand awareness um, and use Instagram as a funnel to turn lookers on Instagram into bookers on businesses' websites. Do you know, that's, that's, that's really amazing to hear that. And I first saw some of your content on Instagram. I've got to be honest, uh, you know, it's, it's about everything we do as a host is about standing out. And when it comes down to standing out on social media, that can be quite hard. Whereas I had, I had seen several of your videos where you're, you know, you're, you're doing these reels, there's, um, you know, you, you've got actions going on, you've got a funny kind of uh, content out there as well. And it instantly engaged me, I was found I was watching it longer. So talk about that, uh, how you went from just, you know, dabbling in this to actually doing this more as a, a full time type uh, project. So for the guest house, I never really dabbled in it. It was mm -hmm very much my opinion or how I've always run different businesses previously is work hard, advertise, advertise some more and then go back and advertise again. And so for me, it was that <gasps> moment, I really need to get on this and I need to get on it fast and COVID has given me an opportunity. So I very much applied myself to it. Um, I did fumble my way around to begin with predominantly because there's a lot of advice out there that's fairly generic. Um, in terms of how to maximize the opportunities that Instagram can give a business. And so what I had to very quickly do was go back to marketing fundamentals. So who is my ideal client, my buyer persona, guest avatar? What are they interested in? Define those, post exactly and nothing more than just those content pillars or topics, and then start thinking about strategy in terms of how frequently I would do it, um, how often I would do it. And that was then when I started to explore different formats. So going from a single image to a carousel with a series of images. Then there was a big fanfare when reels were launched in order to combat the onslaught of TikTok. And what's always been, what was difficult to communicate in print, then became very easy to do in a digital format. And Sanfield Guesthouse here is a very good example. So Sanfield Guesthouse is one of four guest houses out of five buildings. And we're all much of a much, we all charge similar rates, we've all got similar ratings, we're all vying for um, the top spot on TripAdvisor. But what separates me from them and them from me is, I do exactly the same as them, they do exactly the same as me, but they don't do it in the same way. And it's very difficult to communicate that with a business card or a postcard or a bit of paper. It's very, very difficult. But if you're putting yourself in front of your camera or you're cutting together images and you're setting them to music, whatever it is, your personality is naturally embedded in what you're creating. 100%. And, and, I... as, and as a result, people, people meet, me on, meet me on Instagram before I open the door to them. They know what to expect. They know to expect that I like taking the mick out of people and I'm quite happy having the mick taken out of me they have an idea about where my political inclinations might be. They know that I take service very, very seriously, but I don't take myself seriously. Whereas other establishments, my neighbors are all very, very, no, it must be done like this. It must be done like that. And, and that suits some guests, but not others. So I get the others and they get the sum, if that makes sense. There's a, there's a saying which comes to mind, which is your, 
your vibe attracts your tribe. And I can definitely resonate with what you're saying there with, you know, something that Mark has said before, which is you can have, you know, all same businesses or similar businesses across one street, but the thing that will separate them is, is yourself and your personality. And it a hundred percent comes through in your videos that, you know, I, I didn't know you before seeing the videos, but I know if I come and stay with you, you're, you're approachable, you're friendly, uh, you like to have a laugh, um, you know, you, you take your business seriously. It comes across very clear on your videos. And uh, that is the point of difference when it comes down to marketing or businesses. A lot of people think um, one of the questions that, that I like to ask is what is your USP? And, you know, I'm fairly sure what you'll say for, for, for you, but you're, yeah, it's absolutely as you. So. I mean, there, there, there are, so within the pillars that I've used for the guest house, there are, there are unique selling points. So I, the guest house is 100% carbon positive. So for every ton of carbon we produce, we offset at least two tons and there's a program to drive that carbon footprint down. So I do talk about that a lot. I grew up in this building. So I've been here since 1986. I've been away, but I've come back. And so I very much consider myself within Oxford and guest house proprietors the go-to expert for where to go, who to talk to, how to get through the back door somewhere. Don't go to that museum, go to that one, it's free, all that type, type of stuff. So I think when it comes to video and video content, particularly, you're adding another layer and another dimension. You're enriching, you're enriching your marketing, you're enriching your advertising. And I think that's, it's most important, I think, for guest house proprietors in my position because it's just me and it's pretty much only ever been me. Um, I do have a lady who helps with the ironing. Um, I have a lady who does my website for me and uh, I have a chat, uh, an old friend of mine who helps with the garden, but it's just me. And as a result, I am the experience. It's me cooking your breakfast. I'm serving your breakfast. I'm making your bed. I'm fixing your shower and giving you directions. Um, I think if you are of an organization where you send people a code and they get the key and they sort themselves out, but they know how they can get in touch. I think that is potentially less important, but it's then equally important to communicate the character of what your guests can expect, even though they're not directly shaking your hand and seeing you, eye, you know, they're not eyeballing you. Yeah, absolutely. It's the no like and trust and certainly having those videos out there, a bit of content, people being able to see what, you know, your, your establishment is like before they walk through the door, it helps to build that uh, credibility and likability. And one of the things when I'm booking somewhere myself that I look at is I always go, well, from the pictures or from what they're putting out, can I kind of judge the feel of the place? Because a lot of the time, you know, they say people will forget what you said, what you did, but they'll remember how you made them feel. And you can kind of get a sense of, you know, what it would feel like to stay from videos, from content. And that is the difference where people are much more likely to go from that, you know, that stage of, of seeing these to be able to book quite confidently and know what they're going to get at the end of it. So um, absolutely. Things have moved on from looking at the AA book or your lonely planet, taking a bit of a punt and phoning up, booking a room mm -hmm. and then and then you rock up and you have no idea really what to expect apart from one very short paragraph of a couple of hundred words. Things have moved on and, and that next level is using video to communicate your personality and the vibe that you that you have that attracts your particular tribe. And I was speaking with um, a lady this morning on one of my clarity calls, and she was saying, yeah, but I'm really, really scared that people won't like it. And I said, well, if people don't like you, do you want them in your home? 
in your B&B? Do you want them to come and stay um, in your property? And she said, no. And I said, well, great. If they don't like you, they're going to move on and focus your energies on the people that you like and they'll be the people that like you. And what I'm taking from that is really define your avatar of who you're speaking to. Is that right? It begins there. If you if you don't know who you're selling to, you're, you, you're not going to sell to anybody. It's a, it's a very old mantra. But if you, I think the, the benefits of understanding who your ideal guest is are, are, are multiple. It means that when people come to your establishment, they are either identical or very similar to the types of people that you would like to welcome back, that you'd be excited to see again. And you might say, well, during your one week stay, do you want to come and have dinner with me and the wife or something? You know, that, that type, that type of person. I have, um, I have two guests I'm thinking in mind. I have two avatars, one for my high season and one for my low season. My high season avatar is based on a chap called Max, who was shortlisted to be a godfather to our son. And then our daughter didn't quite make the cut, but and then my low season, he's 35 years older, and I don't mind telling you, I gave up drinking alcohol six years ago. He was instrumental in my sobriety and was almost like a fifth grandparent. And, and to have them back. Now, my avatars aren't those people, but they're based heavily upon them. And what that means is that when they come, I'm pleased to see them. But more importantly, and I think on a longer term picture, the, the guest expectations have been managed before they've even arrived at your front door which makes it so much easier to either satisfy them or go beyond their expectations because you, you can predict in some respects, you can, um, what's the word I'm thinking of? You can, you can, you can provide a service that the guest doesn't even know they want yet. You can anticipate what they need. That's the word. You can anticipate yeah. it. I'm tired. I'm still covering over COVID. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. You can, you can anticipate, you can preempt it. And what that then means is that, the guests who do come through your front door are not only satisfied, they're more than satisfied. And they then become the guests who are your super fans and start talking about you, whether that's on review sites or TripAdvisor to the friends or the buddies. Oh, how was your trip in Oxford? You never believe where I stayed. It didn't look like much on the website, but that host was amazing. I had um, a few years ago, I had two old Dutch ladies who came over to Oxford just because they were Morse fans. And I was talking them through a map of Oxford and I just happened to drop in if you go down this lane, you will almost certainly recognize it. So they go down the lane and that's fine. And they decide they go back to take some pictures. Anyway, when they came back that day, they were, these 70 year olds were like, they'd be, they'd been extras in Lewis. So they were, they were just oh, grabbed off the street and said, could you be in it? And then they were sending me copies of them in Lewis on Merton lane in there. And that was simply because I knew in advance that they were Morse fans. And I had a little think, where would they like to go in Oxford that would that would kick in for that and they got on the show uh, and I, I think if you if you project your personality and you and you target the people you're speaking at so, so to come back to the guest avatar pieces once you know who you're selling to and it could be a band of two or three people you can then quite readily identify topics or content pillars or experiences that are going to suit them that they're going to be interested in and what that means is that when you come to create your content you're not starting with that you're starting with a little box. I'm going to write about my eco credentials. I'm going to write about Oxford and you can confine your creativity knowing full well that it's talking just to the avatar. I love that. I love that. From as well. there, and then you can just start planning. You just roll through your pillars. You know, think, oh, what am I going to post tomorrow and spam, you know, Cornish people 
posting up about National Pizza Day in the United States and all that type of stuff that goes on. It, you can keep it relevant and pertinent. What I'm understanding as well is that it's not just knowing your avatar and what they're coming to the area for, but it's actually knowing your area and what that can offer that avatar with, with that particular example. I mean, I, I think of my dear old mum was, uh, she, she loves Inspector Morse and instantly I'm now thinking, I'll tell you what, I need to tell her to get in touch with Paul and, uh, you know, go and stay. Um, so talking about, obviously, you know, we've, we've talked about, uh, how you've got into being the social media hotelier. If for all the hosts who are listening to this thinking, you know what, I need to be making more of, of, of social media and of Instagram, what would be your top piece of advice after defining their avatar? What would, what would you advise them to do? Um, and how do they really get started with, with social media in general? Other than getting in touch with me and having half an hour of my time for free, Mark, feel free to cut that out. Um, <laughs> come in. Come to me, come to me. Um, so if I was starting out on social media and I define my guest avatar, the next thing I would do is I would think very long and hard about five or six topics that I knew that person was going to be interested in. And then I would, under each of those topics, I'd write down maybe four things I could post about. So eco-credentials, 100% um, carbon positive. How did I get there? Uh, there's an electric charging point just outside. Oxford is the first city in Oxford to have a zero emissions zone. And I, I would make a little box of things. And I'd, I'd then kind of build about 15 or 20 beginnings of a post or ideas for posts. And it, that's not to complicate anything and that's not to get involved in the social media before you even touch a phone or a computer. And then I would think very long and hard about how frequently I could create value for my guest avatar within that framework. So when I first started on Instagram, I've been led to believe that it was really important that I posted every day, if not multiple times per day, and I tried it. And I burnt out and I crashed and I, ju I just stopped. I just had to stop. So I went back to my basic principles and I came up with six pillars. And I thought, right, I'm going to post about each of those pillars once a fortnight. So that's three posts a week. And now I have taken a bit of time off the guest house one, but I'm religiously posting Monday, Wednesday, Friday at 8.45 in the morning. Yeah. With that structure, I would then craft perhaps nine or 10 posts and I put them into my Instagram account so that there was something for people to see. The reason why I say nine or 10 is because when people open their Instagram or look at someone's profile, it's the first nine posts you can see. So it looks full. People might scroll down or oh, there's nothing there, but that's fine. You've got something there. What this will then afford is very quickly, you have a spreadsheet. It's Monday, Wednesday, Friday, Monday, Wednesday, Friday, with all the dates, pillars, one through six, one through six, one through six, which means you can then start to compartmentalize your workflow. So what I will do is I will sit and I'll go right this morning, I'm going to spend an hour and I'm going to write four posts about booking direct. Yeah. I don't look at pictures, I just write. I write little snippets for each one. And then if I'm still feeling in that groove, I might write a few more book direct ones where I might think, oh, I've had an idea, I'll write about some other. So I will write on a particular theme. And then I'll probably step off for a day and go make some beds or buy some eggs, that type of thing. And then I'll come back and I'll go, right, I'm going to find images that back up or reinforce what I've written. And I'll go and get images. 
So in, in two hours, I've got copy words for six posts. I've got images for six posts, put some hashtags in and against my calendar, I can just schedule them out. And if you compartmentalize your creative process, so I'm now writing, I'm now looking at graphics or I'm creating graphics, your workflow is far improved. And if you're approaching a single topic, you're not you're not starting there you're starting in a box in that in that corner so you you confine and you without limiting your your creative juices you keep them in a box in a focus thing so you're not like oh, where do i start it just narrows things down and what very soon happens is you end up with a very heavily populated spreadsheet and then you go oh i've got a gap there best do that one because what was happening was at the beginning i was trying to create the perfect post and i was doing a post at a time and it take me an hour now, by compartmentalizing my work, I can do six posts and two. It's amazing. Yeah, it's amazing. And the, I mean, there's a lot to digest there. I mean, one of the things where, you know, as, as a new host, you've not only covered on the, you know, how to get going, but also, um, you know, for anybody listening, me, me and Paul uh, took part in Mark's, one of his free five-day training, which Paul uh, ran. And it, it was just amazing. One of the things that stuck out to me was, uh, you mentioned that you post at 8.45 in the morning there mm -hmm. and you, you get so many things, uh, you know, which says, you know, you need to be using this many hashtags, you need to be posting, you know, this many times a week, you need to uh, post at this certain time, um, all these different things that you hear. But one thing and why people should get in touch with you if they're listening is you've really broken some of those uh, kind of expectations of what we should be doing and really you're breaking it down to how do you give value to the people that you want to give value to and how do you make that work within you know our lifestyle as, as hosts you know we, we've got busy days and uh, how do you fit that all in and one of the things that stuck out to me was don't worry about when you post find the time that you can commit to regularly to you know spend some time making a post and just make sure you're doing that and then you know you you've you've got them posts ready to post at that time when you know you've got that time available in your day and that was just a mega one for me because people worry too much about as if there's some secret formula out there for you know that that everybody's using to be successful it just depends on your guests it depends on your market it depends yeah. on you know what you're trying to achieve with it isn't it so the, the people that say these things they are absolutely right for them so um, when it comes to posting time, if you have 200,000 followers, when, you, when they look at their insights, they will see a massive rise and fall in the times and days, and it will have a dramatic influence when they decide to post. And if they're content creators, they're posting all the time anyway. It's what they do, it's their day job. They're not making beds, they're not DIYing, they're not doing books, they're not doing housekeeping, they're not doing any of that. That's what they do. If you I haven't, if you're fortunate and you have a thousand followers for your accommodation business on Instagram, any, any slight change in that is never going to skew your numbers in any significant way. And so I think when you add in the extra dimension of social media marketing to your basically just an enormous portfolio of tasks, it has to fit in those tasks, not all the tasks rearranging themselves because Facebook says your optimum time to post is at one thirty-five in the morning. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, what, what's come through is clear, you know, to go from that um, hotelier sort of background and breakfast sort of background to be able to utilize, you know, this free tool and actually, uh, you know, the, the knowledge you've got is really clear around it. 
and how many people out there who are listening to this could utilize that as well and still have it fit in around their routine and around their business it's, it's just a no-brainer isn't it so um yeah yes, i think it's the same as, as as any other function within a business if you approach it as business not all instagrams for posting pretty pictures and and you start thinking return on investment there's only two ways you can increase your return on investment either you make more off the back of it or you work smarter and you're investing less for the same return and if you've got those structures in place and those strategies in place right from the beginning you can start slow you just do one post a week and when you get your workflow going so you could write eight posts and you've got two months of content and as your workflow gets going, you go, okay, right, I'm going to do two, two posts a week, three posts a week. And the, the thing that struck me this morning when I spoke to this lady, Jane, was that it's actually harder to go from one post a week to two posts a week because you're doubling what you're doing. But if you're going from four to five, you're only adding 25%. Yeah. So it actually becomes easier. And before you know it, you're just flying, just flying. And, you know, it's, it's one of those things where the number of people out there who uh, say they haven't got time within their business to do social media yet. How many times a day do you find yourself scrolling through social media? That is the perfect time to be producing content instead of consuming content or engaging with the people who have, you know, already commented or, or you know, messaged you. That's the time to be doing that instead of just just scrolling. But I would love to carry on talking about Instagram, but I'd love to move on to uh, the hospitable host book, which we are both part of. So. Um, <laughs> Yeah, the hospitable hosts, for those who don't know, Jody Sterling has come up with a concept of getting stories from across the globe uh, all together in a book. Uh, it's an awesome little book. You've got people from USA, you've got people from Japan, you've got people from Australia, you've got Europe, you've got Great Britain. And all these stories are going into one book where there's about 40 authors. Uh, both Paul and myself and Mark are in this book. And it basically is a chapter each where we're all telling our stories. What, what I'd love to know, Paul, is what got you excited about joining that project? And uh, yeah, can you just tell us a, a little snippet or a little bit about your chapter as well? I have to be quite honest with you. I, I joined it for very selfish reasons. Um, uh, so Jody, Jody had got in touch and she'd reached out and uh, I was kind of umming and eyeing. And then I saw that Mark was involved and I thought, okay. That's good. And I saw that you were involved. I thought, okay. And I started to see a few familiar faces pop up. And this was at about the time when I was starting to take the social media hotelier seriously. It wasn't just an avenue for me to um, put content out to, to help people. I was starting to thinking about how I was going to monetize it. And so getting public profile and exposure started to become very, very important to me. Um, and so I got in touch with Jody and I said, well, I can talk about running a guest house. But that's not really where I'm headed. The guest house is, is okay at the minute and all my workflows are down. I've got my processes, my morning routines, da, 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 it's all set out. I'm actually looking at doing this and there's an enormous overlap. And she said, yeah, fine, great. Um, and so I got very excited and enthusiastic because I, I recently started being um, asked to make presentations and then to come onto podcasts. And it just seemed a natural thing to, to write a book in a very small way. Yeah. just to dip my toe in it and if it was rubbish it'd be swallowed up by 39 other amazing writers and it wouldn't be a problem but i get my name somewhere and jobs jobs are good and so i kind of wrestled with that of course there was a cost involved and that type of thing um and i decided right i'm, I'm going to take the plunge and then i had to think 
what on earth and what am I going to write about? I can't, as, as you well know, I could just sit. And one of the reasons why I love the clarity calls, I could just sit and just chat about Instagram, just on and on and on and on and on. In fact, Gur, um, Gur's desperate to get here. He said, we'll send a family into Oxford. We'll get some beers. I don't drink beer, but we'll get some beers and we'll just talk about Instagram for three hours. And I'm brilliant. So I, I really, really struggled. And then I remembered a book that Mark had recommended to me called Building a Story Brand. Um, who's it by? Donald Miller. Yeah, Donald Miller, yeah. And, and I thought, well, what am I going to do? I'm just going to tell my story. And one of the reasons why I joined the Air Force was because I, I, there was a chance that I might have lost the building. And I didn't know what I was going to do next. And I thought, I haven't had a, I haven't had a boss since I was 26. Um, I, got, I present at 42, I present quite a risk for an establishment to take on board because I'm set in my ways and I, I've never had to take direction and leadership and all that type of thing. So I joined the Air Force to, to try and gain that. And the Air Force said, amazing, you have such, you have such a, a varied CV because I'm a reformed lawyer, I've been a project manager, I've lived overseas, um, I've, I've been a, a beach bum for a while, I've run a guest house, and da, da, da. so I've been attacked by pirates, I've learned how to tango in Argentina, all this stuff. I thought, you know what? I hope all that is in the chapter. I hope all it of that is, is that stuff. It is. Yeah. Um, and the RAF being as dry and as military as it is, saying, I loved reading your CV, I thought, well, what I'm going to do is I'm going to write that. Amazing. I'm going Amazing. to write about how I arrived in the building, my first memory of the building, how it became a guest house, the piracy, the fun stuff, the you know Johnny Depp Pirates of the Caribbean bit. Briefly touch on it, just to spark interest. Um, and then a local a local newspaper interviewed me. It's called the Headington Occasional, um, and they produced this double page spread with a picture of me in the middle. Um, so I just contacted the writer and I said, can I use this as a model for what I'm doing for this book? So I just took that and reworded it and put some extra bits in, took them out, sent it off. And when the editors came back with it, they had two things they'd edited. That was it in the whole thing. So I thought, Amazing. off we go. I'm so excited to read, uh, you know, all the hosts in there, especially the people that I already know. I, I like to read their story because it's, it's part of the reason why I agreed to do this, uh, you know, podcast with with Mark and, and to, to jump into the Boosty thing is it gets to know other hosts. Everyone's got their own story. Everybody's got their own varied background. And I mean, you've just mentioned there anything from piracy to tango to, you know, sort of, uh, you know, sort of military background, uh, hotel background, all, all that side of things. We're so varied and also hosts are quite personable people, you know, like we're quite happy to share and talk because that's what we do day in, day out. Most of the time, I mean, I do know hosts who don't enjoy <laughs> talking to guests, but in general, <laughs> as wife a... would be like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this Which is, is why she does something altogether different. But yeah, it is, it is, it is, I think by far and away likely to be the most sociable way you could earn a crust. Yeah. If you, if you don't like people, do something else. <laughs> and I love that. And now I mean to, you know, sort of to start to wrap up, what I'd love to do is just ask you a couple of quick fire questions. Um, so these questions, you know, they can be as long or short as you want. But one of the things uh, you mentioned earlier on was your morning routine, you've got your morning routine down. So what what is your morning routine, Paul? Uh, I wake up before everybody else get coffee on 
Um, I go back to, so before I go to bed, I always write a short list of what I need to achieve the following day and then I can switch, switch off. I revisit that um, and then I get a bit creative. I find I'm more creative in the mornings than not. And that's usually when it comes to thinking of ideas or researching ideas. Um, do a bit of creative stuff, then take the kids to school, get back from the school run about half past eight. It gives me 10 minutes to engage on Instagram with my community and anyone I'm interested in. Then my post will go out at 8.45. So about half an hour on Instagram because I'll engage afterwards as well, and just to let people know that I'm doing stuff. More coffee. Um, and then housekeeping. And that can be anywhere between an hour and three hours. And then after that, I've got a big whiteboard that's color coded with jobs lists. I, I just hit the red ones first and then move through the colors really. Amazing. And uh, what, what I hear from that especially is get up before anyone else, get up before the kids, especially because you just get, you get time to, to think and to have clarity, don't you? So, um, yeah. Yeah. And if, and if, when I wake up, I'm not naturally a morning person. So when I wake up, I'm like a bear with a sore head. If the kids come bouncing in and wake me up, I have to work really hard not to curse at them and roll over. Yeah. So if I'm up and I've had half an hour head start for, no, for maybe 45 minutes, it means I can be nice to everybody. <laughs> Yeah, it's, it's just going to upset anyone and just drag them to school and throw them and go, ah, oh, it's not you for the day. Hundred percent. A bit of me, a bit of me time, a bit of creativity, and a bit of, of space to think, isn't it? So a bit of time to wake up. Uh, what would be your sort of favourite book or top recommendation book? I know we mentioned Donald Miller with that. Yeah, that would be a good workbook, a book that that can can produce something tangible. Mm -hmm. um, my favourite novel is Decline and Fall by Evelyn Waugh. I think it's... I, I don't know it myself. Read it. Yeah. It's, it's one of the funniest books you'll, you'll ever read. And it's... Sorry, that was my phone. So, yeah, my favourite novel is Decline and Fall by Evelyn Waugh. Um, it's about a, a prep school teacher. And it's just, it's just hilarious. And it's still very relevant today. Um, and for my birthday, I was... So one of my things that I do to switch off and unwind is I bake bread. And my sister's given me this massive, lovely, beautiful padded book um by a baker called a bakery called Tartine in San Francisco um and it's all about making from scratch just with flour water not even yeast making bread and then interestingly it comes back to the Instagram thing it's about how your how you can bake bread that fits in with your routine at your leisure actually influences what type of bread you produce so he starts with a basic thing and he's like, well, actually, and if you do this, because you can't do it at that time of day, because you're at work, do this and you'll find that your bread is bigger or smaller or saltier or whatever it is. So um, I'm reading about baking bread and artisan bread and basically designing my own loaf. Nice. Nice. I like that. Um, so it's very, it's very good for the guns as well. I can imagine. I, I, I can't. <laughs> it's again having that creativity and what I'm getting is the vibe of, you know, like you mentioned art that you've done and uh, you know, having the creativity for Instagram, being able to bake bread, it, it, it you know, it, it's, you, you're free in your mind and you're creating stuff, which feels good. So um, yeah, I'm definitely. If I, if I get properly cheesed off, I knock seven shades out of that. Mm -hmm. What is it? I can't see it. Ah, pint piano, yeah. Cool. I don't do it with the guitars because they don't hold up very well, but if I fight the piano, the piano always wins and I always feel better. So, so if we come and stay and hear you frantically on the piano, then we know it's been a bad day. It's probably because you're throwing curry across the bed or something. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so last couple of questions then. So uh, who inspires you and why? 
Oh, wow. I take my inspirations from a, from a wealth of people. Uh, right now, if I really want to, if I want to get pumped and I needed pumping this morning, I will look um, at, at Gary V on Instagram. Um, yeah. He is kind of Jersey, New York way, doesn't take any prisoners. Um, one of my flights. He's a machine, isn't he? In the, in the RAF once said to us as a group, right, everybody, you are lackluster. You need to grab today around the neck. You need to punch it in the face a few times, own it, and crack on. And Gary V is very much that. Yeah. Go! So Fantastic if need, books as well. If I, need, I haven't read any of his books. Yeah, I just no. watched a couple of 15-second videos. I'm like, right. <laughs> Gets, <go>. you. <laughs> Gets you going. And lastly, and this is a bit of a selfish one, but since you joined, because you're, you're a member of the Boostly Academy, and since you joined, how has life changed? How has my life changed? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Immeasurably. <laughs> uh, how has my life changed? So since um, since joining Boostly, or do you want to know how Boostly has changed my life? Yeah, 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 absolutely. Probably a better phrase. Okay. How has Boostly changed my life? Um, I'm just trying to think of a soundbite that's going to work. There's a lot to say. <laughs> there is a lot to say, but it needs soundbiting for these little mini mini clips. So since I joined, since I joined Boostly, it switched me on to an enormous world of opportunities and um, of opportunities to market my business in a way that has dramatically reduced any reliance I've had on online travel agents. I still use them for the profile and to have the coverage out there, but the, the techniques and the strategies I've not only used for the guest house, but I've actually adopted many of them, guest avatars and these types of things and buyer personas into the social media hotelier. So not only has being involved in the world of Boostly and getting to know Mark helped me drive direct bookings, which were healthy before, but they really are tip top now. It's actually been more multifaceted than, than that. And you can pick these uh, many of these tactics up and apply them to lots of different disciplines. 100%. What a great way to, to end. I mean, lastly, Paul, just thank you for, for coming on today and for, for doing this. I feel I've got to know, you know, you're creative, you've got your uh, RAF background, you've, you've done so many different things, you're, you're quirky, you've got your social media side of things. And uh, if people listening wanted to reach out to you to, you know, get some advice on, on uh, Instagram or to, uh, you know, touch base with you, what's the best way to do so? Best place to do it will be on Instagram. Um, so look me up. I am the social media hotelier. It's as straightforward as that. You can go straight to my account. Um, you can send me a direct message there. If you're not on Instagram yet, and many, many people aren't, but you are using Facebook, exactly the same thing. Just look up at the social media hotelier. Failing which, I have a website. Would you believe the social media hotelier.com? Sounds good. Sounds good. And uh, yeah, and what, what can we expect from you in the future? For your business right so what you can expect from me in the future is consistently just giving value and hints and tips to hosts and people who want to leverage the power of instagram to market their accommodation businesses that will continue and in actual fact is likely to get stronger and more frequent i am in the process of setting up um, a couple of mini training courses that will become widely available ultimately what i'm hoping to do is create I don't want to use the word academy because I'm not keen on it, but create a modular course that people can buy and work themselves either from zero to hero 
or from hero to superhero and work their way through it as a, as a one shot. There's 25 modules of get yourself from A to B. Amazing. That's where I'm headed at the moment. So I'm excited for you. Microphones and ring lights and all types of stuff. But yeah, just more coaching, um, gaining more clients, learning as I go and trying to teach people what I wish I knew a couple of years ago when I, when I started, because it would have saved me a whole bunch of time and stress and effort. Amazing. And I'm so excited for you. I mean, this, uh, the world's your oyster, isn't it? So Paul, it's been a real pleasure. I feel I've got to know you and, uh, it's just nice to, to do this. So, uh, thank you so much for coming on and, uh, yeah, people know how to get in touch with you. And, uh, I look forward to, to seeing where your business goes all, uh, you know, following you on Instagram. So I recommend everyone else does as well. Lovely. Thank you for having me on, Liam. It's been an absolute pleasure. The delight. No worries at all.